Hey guys, Corey here, and I'm just adding another one of these little intro things at the beginning of this episode to kind of explain why I sound like a babbling fool at some points in it. Um, talking to Zach Olson was really surreal. He's one of my musical idols, so I guess it was kind of nerve-wracking. Um, and this was also one of the first podcasts that I had recorded, so I didn't really, you know, know how to properly ask questions and convey myself. I didn't plan out as much as I should have back then. So the questions are kind of off the top of the dome, and that kind of shows. But it in no way affects the substance of the questions. I think the questions were pretty good. And Zach really carries the episode with his answers. They're really incisive and help us get into the mind of him and his songwriting and stuff. And he even gives us little tidbits on future projects that are coming out soon. So, yeah, uh, that's about it. Enjoy the episode. See you guys. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Overcast Podcast, where I talk to people who are interesting. I'm your host, Corey Baron, and I'm joined today by the incredible Zach Olson. Zach, how are you doing, man? Hello, good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Um, how are you holding up, man? How are how are things over there? Um, it's good at the moment. You know, I'm, I'm living in Melbourne at the moment in the city, and um, last year it was we had a big old lockdown that went for it seemed like all year so now the city's all opening up again and the show's happening again and all that kind of thing and go out for dinner now so it's kind of resembling some sort of normality but yes i think we'll we'll see how that see how that goes i think the domino effect of everything being closed and stuff for nearly a whole year hasn't quite caught up with everyone yet and yeah so we'll see by the end of the year how everything is but right now it feels good it's like the summer's happening and everyone's going to the beach and yeah it's feeling good again cool yeah it definitely seems um things are you know healing a lot better over there um with you guys having live shows again and stuff like that i mean it's the swap around thing because you know last year we had the strictest and longest lockdown in the world by the end of it, it was really hard to, to see everyone else in the world almost leading what looked like a normal life. And then anyway, it's good. It's good to be back. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, we can move on from the, the gloomier side of things. But yeah, of course, I'd like to talk to you about your, your music. You're a, uh, you, you have a hand in so many different projects and stuff. It's kind of, it's almost mind boggling to, to be able to keep up with like, oh, you know, where Zach Olson is in, in, you know, in terms of music and stuff from a fan point of view, at least, because you have Orb, uh, Traffic Island, Hierophants and, you know, bands like that. Like, do you ever get overwhelmed by all that stuff or is it just another day in the life? Um, yeah, I've had, I mean, when I was younger, my early 20s, the same thing. I was playing in five bands or something and I got to the point where I just couldn't stand it and... Yeah, just stood back heaps and wanted to put everything into one band. And that kind of happened when Orb started. It was sort of doing music again and we started the new band. And that was sort of the only thing we did for like three years or so. But yeah, for whatever reason, just everyone in the music scene that I play with, we just have such short attention spans or like, or something. We just jump around all the time trying to make different things. And yeah, sometimes I'm envious of people that just have the one project and you know, it's real clean and everything goes into that. But for whatever reason, I just can't do that. And yeah, I also like the idea of just leaving a total mess. Like, 
because when I, yeah, I get anxious when I think about all my past releases just because of, it seems like such a mess to me. It seems really incoherent and like unfocused. So, you know, I try not to think about anything I've done before or especially because, you know, at all, I could just think, you know, things about every album I'd like to change basically, or I'd like to take a song off it or think I should have put this song on that album or something. And yeah, so the idea is just keep, keep going forward and with the next thing, try and fix what I didn't like about the last thing I did, really. Yeah, that, that actually is a perfect segue into, um, you seem like the kind of person that is the keep moving forward, don't look back kind of person. Seeing with mm. like how many projects you're a part of um, and also the different sounds that you explore um, in all of those, it seems like you never stick to one sound. A perfect example would be talking about um, you know, like your, your solo thing, Traffic Island or Traffic Island sound. Um, it's, it's cool seeing the evolution of that going from psychedelic pop, almost folky sound of Nature Strip and then going mm. into the uh, Traffic Jam, the next album off of that. So I guess one of my questions would be, does the future of Traffic Island, do you see yourself going into further explorations of different sounds or would you ever consider, you know, going back and revisiting some of the sounds that you already did, for example, like Nature Strip? Yeah, um, for sure. See, the thing with Traffic Island is it's just the one thing where I can really just do as I wish and not have to console anyone, you know, about the direction or the thing with the, the second Traffic Island album was nearly going to have a different name. I was going to put it out under a different, a different mm -hmm. moniker. And I just thought that might make it difficult for the record label and they might not even want to release it then because it's just a different thing. And, and I still wanted it to be listened to by the same people that listen to Nature Strip. Because even though it was made in a different way, it's still all the same types of chords that I use or all the same types of melodies, even though there's no singing on it. But so yeah, it's just a uh, Traffic Island says whatever I, whatever I'm into, I can explore that at the time and, and do it. And so, you know, at the risk of sounding cliche, I was into hip hop and stuff at the time that I did the peanut butter one. So I just, you know, I wasn't going to try and tackle rapping or anything. So I just mm -hmm. sort of yeah, took inspiration from the sound from sonically from hip hop, I think. And then, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, the next Traffic Island album is a big return to nature strip sounds for sure. Cool. Like all the guitars and piano and stuff like that. Again, the one after that, I think it's going to go back again to the more peanut butter sound and sort of. Oh man, yeah. that's, that's crazy to, to think that you have that many albums lined up ready for the future. Yeah. Well, it's cause it's not like I have, you know, all the songs written. It's yeah, just yeah. that, yeah, it's easy to just to quickly think of it. Like I think of a concept or something with the album and then, so I just know that one day I'm going to do that album. Mm -hmm. So it's the next traffic Island one was recorded all with the same band of nature strip and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. And when we did the Nature Strip tour, we maybe learned about eight songs and we're playing them live, but they weren't on Nature Strip because we learned them after that was released. So it's kind of, yeah, just that period of stuff. And it was nearly didn't come out. And then I listened to it again recently and thought oh, I should put all this out. So, Well, I guess, yeah, that, that, that seems like you're kind of doing both. You're still looking ahead, but of course, revisiting to things that you, you've done already, uh, which yeah. is always cool. Yeah really at the ultimately at the end of the day like what my real core or like the real music that i really want to play is that nature strip sound is is kind of the you know that's sort of like my in my dna or something or like that's the mm -hmm. main thing that I, if there was one album that i had to be judged by at, at the end that would be the one that i think would best represent me or 
Uh, I'd like to go into your writing process uh, when you're coming up with a new song. Um, I, I've always thought about this, um, especially with somebody as, I guess, prolific as you. Um, when you're writing a song, do you go into it thinking, or do you go into it knowing that you're writing for this specific moniker? Or do you like write a song and then end up be like, oh, well, this would fit better over here. So I should, you know, put that to the side for this one. Usually it's, it's pretty specific for a thing. I just, yeah, I just know, like say if I'm writing for Orb or something, it's, it's generally, if there's a fuzz pedal in it, then I'll know. <laughs> it's, it's an Orb. <laughs> you know, if it's like, or just some, you know, something a little bit stranger or, cause usually with a lot of Orb stuff, we all write different segments and then try sticking a whole bunch of things together. So it's, it's that kind of thing with Orb. Whereas if I'm actually writing and with a pencil and a guitar, then generally it tends to be Traffic Island. And then if I don't, if I can't write anything, you know, I can't just sit there and write songs every day. But, but I try and also like, if I'm not inspired to write a song, I'll still make music, which is basically what peanut butter is, or it's just like, it's just, you know, it's not really songwriting. I was just building songs up on, on the computer with synthesizers and that kind of thing. It's a kind of songwriting, but it's a whole different sort of way of doing it. But so, yeah, if I don't have the inspiration, I still just will make anything like I just have a, a, file, a folder on my computer of just it's just called noodles. And it's just if I go to the studio I, before I do anything, I'll make sure I just make something up no matter what, like a two minute little thing just to keep the ball rolling. Because if you don't use it, use it, they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, does so when you're writing something, do you usually tend to, like, do, if you go into writing an Orb album, I guess, like, do you give yourself a time frame, or do you like to, you know, write something and then maybe go do something else and then revisit it every now and then? Hmm. Yeah. With Orb, it's kind of um, it's different because it's just the three of us, and we all sort of make decisions and all make the the music. And with the first three Orb albums, all that music was written really quickly because we just had a jolt of inspirations it was a new band and almost all those three albums were written in the same year and then just you know staggered releasing them some of the songs that are on the first the third album were written before the ones that are on the third album the first album and stuff like that but um yeah so that's a real group of group of songs and we sort of haven't we probably had like a year or two years off even writing for all while we were still touring those albums and stuff like that but um, we are going in to record the fourth one next weekend. So, and we've been writing a while now, so that feels good. Yeah, so the, the fourth album is more so new material? Or is it yep. still like the same bow as, you know, it's songs that we've had already, just we're finite, uh, finalizing? All new stuff. So it's been, yeah, it's been feeling good. I mean, it was less fuzzier. We decided to, we have to write some fuzz, <laughs> write some fuzz for it, so. Yeah, it's, it'll still be a working process. I don't think we'll finish it anytime soon. But yes, this year it'll be out. So you're barely, you're going to start recording it? On. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we've got this week for it, and then we're going, going to go in. Cool. Yeah, because I saw that you recently announced uh, that the new show at the Forum on March 20th. Um, mm -hmm. And I saw that you were going to be premiering new music there. Um, yeah which is really cool. And it's two sets. How are you excited for that? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it makes you a bit nervous because, you know, it's like a new band or something when you come out and play 
10 new songs in a row. It's, we haven't played a gig since, um, our last gig was in Barcelona in 2019. We haven't played a gig since then. And it's going to be scary, but it'll be fine. I mean, the forums are big, the biggest venue we've played in, in Melbourne. So hopefully some people buy tickets and (laughs) I think we have a big audience in America really. So it's a, it's a strange thing. A lot of bands here, more, you know, a lot of the more sort of Australian psychedelic bands tend to have a bigger audience in America than they do here, for whatever reason. Do you think it might be because over there it seems, I don't want this to sound bad, but it might seem more, you know, saturated over there because there's so much of it, like that's where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah, a bit of that. And just, I think something about the psychedelic sort of music in general, it's, I don't know, although it's quite popular, Australians don't seem to connect with it as much as see like the punk scene here or something is far more involved in a lot more people would go to punk shows and stuff than any psychedelic bands, you know, besides Gizzard or something who still put on big shows here. But even in America, they'd put on bigger shows than they would here in Melbourne. I guess also there's just a hell of a lot more people in America. Yeah, that probably <laughs> helps too a little. Uh, would you prefer to play a live show or are you more of, you know, I want to sit down and write kind of person? Um, I think I'm more, yeah, more of a sit down kind of right person. But having said that, I wish I was more of a live show person. I mean, with, yeah, when Orb started, it was so fun because we hadn't ever been in a band. We were allowed to be that loud and just like, and so that was real fun having all that kind of like power or energy or something. Yeah. At the same time, I'm not really one to like, you know, like raising my voice and stuff like that. And sometimes in front of a big crowd of people, I found it hard to feel like doing it sometimes. So mm-hmm. towards the end of the Orb shows, I was kind of ready to just bunker down and record, I think. No, I'm looking forward to playing live again. I've been doing a couple of acoustic shows and stuff around town now, and it's been feeling good. Like I thought I'd never do one of those ever again, but I'm doing those now. So yeah, I think I'm excited about playing live. I love seeing a really good live show and... I mean, when we played with, we did a tour with OCs in Australia and yeah, just seeing like how they operate live and stuff. It's just, I was just like so envious and love. I was just like, man, I want to be in that band or something. Like it just set, seems so fun and energetic and loud. And Yeah, that's one of the the tours that I was the most envious of. Um, I was so jealous. I was like, fuck, dude. Because I've seen the OCs a, a few times. And to see both of those bands, you know, together is just like, that'd be insane to me. I was going to see you guys when you toured with Giz in the States last time. Uh, 2018? I think. Yeah. Yeah, we've done two tours of them. We did, I think we did 2019. And then we did their like Nonagon tour. in. A- okay, yeah. That, it was 2019 then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to go see you guys. And it was funny because I was actually messaging you beforehand. Um, and I was like, hey, can I like meet you before the show to like get a picture or something? And then literally the day before the show, because I live, um, it was, you guys were playing at Stubbs. And uh, I, yeah, yeah okay. I live like four hours away from there. And literally yeah. the day before, um, my girlfriend broke her foot. Uh, and so we had to cancel the whole thing. So that was, that was, a, ugh, that was a, a, you know, a gut punch, but. You know, yeah. maybe hopefully one day I'll see you guys. That was a fun show. I love, I love Austin. Yeah, that's what I hear with a lot of um, artists. They usually tend to love Austin. What is it that sets it apart? I wouldn't know. Because, I mean, to me, Austin is like the big city in Texas. So 
I'm kind of familiar with how it runs, but I mean, like talking with like you who tours like a bunch of different cities, like what sets Austin apart? Um, well, I have kind of fond memories of when Orb went and did um, South by Southwest there, 2017 or 18, I can't remember which one. Yeah, we just had a real fun time and um, I don't know, yeah, I just loved the city and then, yeah, so much good food. I think mainly it's just the fond memories of South by Southwest and having a really good time. And then, and then yeah, everyone was really enthusiastic. And then especially at the Stubbs show, like it was just crazy. Yeah, I like the heat in Austin. It's like a different kind of heat that I sort of enjoyed. That it's kind of, yeah, it's strange because it's closer to the equator. So it's got that kind of tropical humidity, but then you're in the desert. It's kind of the strange feeling heat that I enjoy. Get down and dirty with it, sweaty. I love all that. Yeah, I love when the fighting with your guitar to stay in tune and i reckon it's all real fun (laughs) (laughs) um whenever you're recording like you had touched on it a little a while ago you recorded peanut butter in Mm -hmm. sort of a different way than you would have recorded nature strip um Mm -hmm. can you kind of go into like how different projects record differently yes sure like uh nature strip was really just clean pretty basic like just got the band guitar bass and drums and recorded to tape by Jesse, who plays the piano on most of the album, and um, a lot of the guitar as well. He's like the best guitar player I've ever met, ever. But um, he recorded the first one, and he recorded the next one that's about to come out, that's sort of back to nature strip style. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was just really, really straight up, just live band. And then I took a few months to do the singing by myself sort of thing when no one was around, just into the computer. And, um, so yeah, that one was really basic. And then Peanut Butter, when I was sort of on a roll from finishing Nature Strip, because it's hard to keep the momentum for recording sort of thing. Once you slow down, then it's hard to pick it back up again. So usually if I, when I finish an album, I just go straight into doing another one while I've got that momentum and feeling going. So yeah, I just went straight into doing Peanut Butter and maybe did like half of that within the first month after Nature Strip. And then, um, yeah, and I sent it to Joe to mix it, Joe from Gizzard, and then he was thankfully really honest and was just like, you have to go back and record like maybe half an hour more or something like it's just not good enough. Or So I'm glad he said that. And I just went back to the drawing board and yeah, that one was just really like staying up really late and smoking weed and, you know, making noises and it was solely all done on the computer really. And it was really when I'd go into making a song on peanut butter, you know, if I opened a new recording project, I didn't have any ideas planned. It was just like, all right, I'll find a drum beat that sounds cool on a drum machine and then just try some bass over top and just, you know, I'll just layer it like that. Just make it up as I go along, essentially. It was obviously nature strip. Everything was written. Everything was written on an acoustic guitar like the year before or something like that. Is that sort of the same process that, well, that's, that's how kind of how I would imagine that it was the same sort of process with uh, Maximal and Electronics also. Yeah, that's the same thing. And that was the first Traffic Island thing, really. So it's funny, like nature strip is maybe you know a deviation from the regular traffic island now because there's the the two electronic releases and then the one nature strip one in the middle mm-hmm. but um yeah nature strip was much the same i i mean maximum electronics i just bought that new synthesizer and moved into a, the back of my friend's parents house they had this little granny flat i don't know if you call them that in america it's just like a little mini version of the house out the back and um yeah and i'd gotten back from holidays i had no money left and they just let me live there really cheap and i had that synthesizer so did the same thing, just open up a project and make it up as I went along. And I mean, and doing it that way, there's a lot more crap than there is usable stuff. So tend to make like 30 songs in order to get 12 and good enough to put on a record or something. 
And when you're recording with a band, do you usually like to do it live in studio or because I know some bands like to record pieces like on like on their own and then maybe send it, you know, via email and, you know. Yeah. Personally, I'm like violently against doing that. If I have a, a band, I want it to sound like the band. And otherwise, I just don't see the point in having the band or like. And that even goes into like choosing people to play with. Like I am really against sort of telling people how to play their instrument or like what drum feel to do and that sort of stuff. I don't, I feel like if I have to tell the drummer what drum feel to do, then it's not the right drummer really. Yeah. So I'm really lucky to have the people in the Traffic Island band are all, you know, for me, the perfect in musicians for that, that sound. So blessed to have that. At the most, I would just, you know, I would, I'll tell them what tempo it is or like maybe little tiny things, but Mm-hmm. I would never sort of write everyone's part for the lead. Yeah. You more so just like to instill the trust in them. That... Well, yeah, I wouldn't ask them to otherwise to play. Yeah. And it sounds better when, when people are making their own parts and they're excited to play them. And you can just tell it has a way better energy. And you, and then you can, it's the opposite. You can tell when one person's written everyone's parts and it's all stagnant and, you know, they might be playing everything perfectly, but it's, you can just tell it's, Mm-hmm. something's a bit stiff about it or i don't like that i like warts and all and i like leaving a mess and all that sort of thing cool well we kind of t- we well we really touched on you know like the musical aspect and to me it seems like you kind of just you know like you're always just working on you're on top of music and stuff like that but aside from music i kind of like to get to know you personally like what else what else besides music do you do you keep yourself entertained with um I love, let me see, I love movies lots. I worked at a cinema for a good three years. That was my last job job, but I was barely even that because I loved my bosses heaps and it was great. Yeah, I got to work at film festivals as a projectionist and stuff. So oh, sick. saw lots of great movies and yeah, so I, I'm obsessed with watching movies still. And besides that, the same old things that everyone, you know, I love reading and I love, love history. So I'm real, you know, I'm always reading about history basically all the time and yeah. That's, that's it really. I don't, I don't do much else. I just play, the, I'm a skateboarding is the other thing I do every now and then. But um, I, don't know, I had a really bad injury with skateboarding and I couldn't play music for a while and stuff. So I sort of oh, shit. had to make a decision on what I wanted to do. And I figured skateboarding only had three years left anyway, because you know, you get older and it gets harder and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make money from skateboarding because I, I wasn't, you know, good enough really. So like Ambrose. Yeah, Ambrose was good enough to make money from skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> very, he, very good. Didn't he start skating when he was like two and he became a professional or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Because we, we grew up in the same town. So I remember it was before I knew him and he was like this young kid who was like, everyone would always talk about Ambrose, this like crazy young kid who could do everything. And, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I, lots of reading. And I usually just get real obsessed with certain pockets of history and then read lots about it. Yeah, that's cool. You're more of a, a non-fiction kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although I do, you know, I do like fiction, but with non-fiction, I can, it doesn't ever feel like a chore to me. Chore to me, I can just read all day, like about that kind of stuff. So at the moment, I'm just really obsessed with the Renaissance, which I was never, I always thought it was a real boring period in time, but finding out there's a lot of mystery in the Renaissance. So I'm obsessed yeah. with it. Um, do you find that seeps over into maybe you, you, like some of your lyrics that you write? Like what you usually tend to write about, um, it seems like everyday things, especially on Nature Strip, you know, with like things like Lazy Cat and stuff like that. Um, but do you find that, you know, some things like movies or books that you read kind of seep over into 
your writing? Um, yeah, I think they must. But we, yeah, with writing, it's really off the top of the dome. Like I, it's usually the first thing comes out and it either all just comes out really quickly or it doesn't. And like I can never edit words or I never like stew over writing them or anything like that. It's just, it's more of like an alliteration thing. I feel like if things rhyme and the word feels cool coming out, uh, that's kind of what I would focus on. I don't know. I don't write lyrics like I'm writing a book or anything. It's way more like conversational and it almost, a lot of the lyrics almost takes as long to write them as it does for me to like say them kind of thing. They just sort of, one of those strange things like, but I'm sure it's like that lots of people It just sort of, for whatever reason, like lazy cat, just, you know, those two words pop in your head and then you just keep going. Like, it's just like a stream of conscious. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really, really like that. If yeah, the songs that I've, that I've written that aren't like that, right. I'm really trying just to get lyrics in. Yeah. I could tell and I don't like the lyrics as much or mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Do you write the lyrics along with the music or do the lyrics come before? Yeah, lately I've been doing lyrics first, which I've yeah, I've liked those songs heaps more, right? You know, yeah. I think of the song title or something, then I'll write all these lyrics down and just make sure the last words rhyme on each line and then just shoehorn that into some chords or something. But usually if I'm reading the lyrics, then a melody will start popping in or a rhythm or something. And then I'll just be like, okay, I'll go with that. But like I'm trying to think of an example. There's one on Nature Strip where the lyrics came first and then I did the music backwards. Um, and I can't remember what it's called. Oh, Ode to Everything, like towards the end. Mm-hmm. The album, yeah, that one was all lyrics first and then, and then I went backwards with the music. The next Travel Line album is a lot more of the music is like that, where the lyrics were made first. And then... When you do something like that, do you have the idea of what you want the song to sound like? Or do you like write something and you're like, okay, this would fit with this more? No, I have no idea, really. It's it's literally like once the lyrics are finished, I'll just start reading them and then just try and think of a melody as I'm reading along. And then, yeah, and then grab a guitar and work out what the key is and then go from there, really. But yeah, I, no, I, I usually have no idea what it's going <laughs> to sound like. <laughs> but generally, it's going to be something that, you know, that I've grown up on. So it's either going to, you know, usually it'll just sound like the kinks or something like that, <laughs> like something that's you know, near and dear to my core. Yeah, that's that's another thing that I was going to get into is when, because you're into a bunch of, you're in a bunch of different projects and stuff, um, you kind of have touched base on a bunch of different uh, styles and genres um, with your, um, the Suggs, that was like, that was rap and like hip hop mm-hmm. and stuff. And then of course you have Orb and uh, Traffic Island, Nature Strip and all that stuff. Um, but at the the inception i guess of when you first wanted to go into writing music what what kind of style did you intend to go into um well we were in an old band called the frowning clouds um Mm -hmm. which daff and harma and all they were in it and then our friend nick who is in a band called banana gun i don't know if you've heard them yeah and then um our other friend jake who's in a bunch of punk bands here in australia like uh oz mutants and it just like if you think I'm in lots of bands like Jake's and it's ridiculous like in so <laughs> many bands but um so yeah we were all in an old band and then and that was really 60s based and well when we were teenagers it was like anything that wasn't from like 65 or 67 I like did not want to know about it basically when I was like 17 years old or something well 16 is when I started really writing songs and yeah I loved Sid Barrett and I loved 60s Garage and stuff and the Kinks and so 
that's just all I really wanted to do forever. And so, um, so yeah, that's why when I say nature strips, like the, you know, the album that represents me the most, it's kind of like the album I always wanted to make from when I was like 14 or something. It was like some kind of crossover between Sinbad and jangly 60s pop kind of thing. So Yeah, that's um, me and my buddy Wesley. When, yeah, when we first heard Nature Strip, the first thing that came to our mind was, yeah, this totally is like, this could be like a madcap laughs, you know, it's very mm-hmm. Sid Barrett-esque and it was great. Um, going back to, um, I think going back to Orb, how you mentioned earlier, um, how you said that a lot of those songs were written around the same time period, you just sort of placed them on like the same album, like the new albums. I never would have thought that that was the case, strictly because, I mean, I'm sure they had a different sort of sound in their, you know, in their early stages, and you kind of made mm-hmm. them more concise to fit as one album. So like with uh, yeah. Naturality coming off of Birth, um, there was, you know, it was a lot more, um, a lot more synths and stuff incorporated in that. Yeah. Um, and then with the space between, it seems like you guys were kind of more progressing with your sound. Um, mm-hmm. Because Birth, it seemed like it was, to me, that came out at the perfect time. Um, yeah. Because I actually got introduced to you uh, through Orb when um, the uh, first and last Men music video came out. Mm-hmm. And that was actually perfect timing because that's when I was going through my heavy Black Sabbath phase. Yeah, nice. Uh, as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was perfect. I was like, holy shit, this is like a new Sabbath album that's, you know, modern. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fantastic. And then moving on to like naturality, I was just like, whoa, it sounds like they're really, I don't know, just progressing and getting more comfortable with what they want the band to, you know, more sound like, like themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that, was that sort of intended? Like, I'm sure you didn't always want to just keep on making more births it sounds like no. a pretty natural progression. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, the funny thing with, yeah, naturality and space between are literally recorded at the same time. Like we went in for four sessions and did how many songs, like how many songs across those two albums? It was like 15 songs or something. And we had all of those songs out and then we just split them in two and one's naturality and one space between really. So it just kind of turned out that way that space between, it just sort of worked that space between seemed to have these, you know, songs with more clean guitars and all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, we're always writing those style of songs. And it just so happened that luckily sort of seemed to spread them out in this way that seemed to make sense or something. But yeah, with with um, Birth specifically, we wanted to be really like, you know, just bonehead, like stoner rock, like just real power trio, which I mean, that's, yeah, that's my favorite one. Or at least like my favorite songs to play live is, is off Birth and stuff. It's just... Yeah, I like the the simple turn it up and yeah. The songs on there too seem a lot more uh, just like jam based. Yeah, that's the funny thing about um, Orbis. It's, a lot of the time it does sound jammy, but it really it really isn't. We kind of yeah maybe in the you know when we're learning the songs I'll be jammy, but um yeah by the time it's on a stage, we know sort of exactly how long each bit goes for and who plays what and but yeah they do sort of have a jammy sound but it really it really isn't (laughs) (laughs) like every part is sort of decided on before it's recorded and so with this new album coming out is there like a new kind of direction that you're wanting to take it since it's like completely it's all new material yeah it's i mean it's kind of what you'd imagine the next one after to sound like i think um there's a lot more organ driven stuff 
I mean, some of the songs don't have guitars at all. Um, but then, yeah, there's also some, I felt like we needed some real fuzzy birth ones again. So there's some that sound like they could be on birth, but then there's some that, yeah, don't have any guitars at all or some that have no fuzz at all or it's just jangly guitar. Like some of them could almost be like Fran and Cloud songs or something like that sometimes. Oh, man. Yeah, a Fran and Cloud song that's got like five other weird bits attached to the end of it or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like a real big crazy like mess to me at the moment, but I reckon we'll kind of streamline it into something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure I could speak for a lot of people listening that we're really excited for it. Um, just as a side note, um, would you ever consider, you know, doing maybe another Frowning Clouds or is that kind of just in the past and done? Um, no, we were, yeah, we were supposed to record an album last year and then the whole city was locked down and all that stuff happened and Nick had his Banana Gun album come out and then also I had Peanut Butter come out and then I started working on Suggs right after Peanut Butter. So yeah, I think everyone just didn't really have the time to do anything. We were talking about doing a show this year. We have always talked about wanting to do another album. I think now, because I, I feel like now, I think we could make the album that we kind of want, always wanted to, but like couldn't really do. But um, I'd like to do another one. Yeah, there's five of us and we all make music on our own terms as well. And yeah, everyone writes. And so it can be kind of hard when you have a band like that where it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe too many cooks in the kitchen or. Um, all right, man. Well, um, I just like to, you know, sort of wrap it up and ask, um, you know, besides the new orb and you mentioned a uh, traffic island coming out, is there anything, anything else that you can, uh, that we can expect from you in 2021? Uh, another Suggs one, actually. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He just uh, you just dropped a, a song for that forthcoming one, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was mm. we were supposed to put an EP out last year. I mean, with that one, you know, there's no label. It's just Sheldon and I just doing everything, or just you know, and we don't really want it to get gross and have labels. And it's fun just to have it this internet thing. It's like our own thing. So yeah, we were going to release EP last year, but then we decided to just do another album instead. I think and working on that there's you know a good half of it's done and so there should be another subs one this year i think i'm hoping nice um i did when the first one came out i did peep a few comments that there would eventually be vinyl for that is that still uh, in the works or yeah i mean that was yeah that was another thing with the covid thing while well, the vinyl factory shut down and yeah but they will be we were just hoping, yeah, we we're going to see what the demand would be before we go spending all that money on pressing records. But um, yeah, yeah, there will be. We'll do that. Awesome. I believe. Actually, and there's going to be a Hairfins one this year, but. Oh, very nice. But it, of older stuff, because we sort of recorded an album before the first album that never came out. So mm-hmm. that's going to come out. Very nice. Well, that's exciting news. It sounds like you're uh, keeping it busy for 2021. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, man. Um... I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure a lot of people are as well. Yeah, man, it was so cool talking to you. Thanks again so much for taking the time out of your day for doing this. Uh, I hope I didn't uh, waste too much of your time. Oh, of course not. Well, yeah, man, I'll go ahead and uh, let you go. Have a good rest of your day. Cheers. Cheers to you. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Cool. Well, I'll speak with you soon. Have a good one. You too, man. Thank you.